got every head turning this so bliss. You got every guy thinking the same old thing. You got the boys buying rounds, throwing down money. Building you up high and calling you honey. You hear mama say son, let it be. But the whiskey's got me thinking what my daddy told me. Tony Braden, what's going on, man? What's going on with you, Brad? What's going on I'm with you? I'm just giggling. I'm just giggling. I shouldn't be giggling because this is a serious topic, but listen, I need you to do what you're doing all right, over there. All right, all right, all right. And I'll do it. Yeah, that's his look. The crowd, when I came in, a lot of people were outside the studio and they saw me, so we apologize for you that. You can't do nothing with Tony. Right. You can't do nothing. All right, Tony, how We're going to have security next time. We'll get that. I thought you were security. I, not, I'm not when I'm here. I can actually, do both. Actually, we should have Dev. Dev's Dev? Gonna be, he's here. She's here. Right. So we'll, we'll do that's that. That's why y'all have me here in the first That's right. So that's, uh, listen, let me go ahead and tell you, that's Kyle Diaz. That's a local uh, country artist. That's his song, uh, Can't Catch a Fish. Um, so we're kind of pumped about that. I like to highlight um, all the the local guys. He signed. Um, well, it says two eighteen uh, Gary Baker, but there was another one on there. Oh, Bomb House Recording. So congratulations to him. I think that's pretty cool. I like uh, highlighting those. We saw him before too. He's actually really I wanna, good. Yeah, we need to get him on here. I yeah, had another really guy. I got to get on here first because he's got that rodeo coming up on Saturday. So he's going to be the entertainment on that. Um, and, uh, but that's it. So you've been doing all right there? Man, pretty good. Pretty good. Cool. Well, let me go ahead and mention the sponsors. I'll go ahead and handle that. I think I do a better job of that than Tony anyway. Carolina Motor Works, Gary Simmer. We appreciate it sitting right here in his office. Uh, I appreciate him letting us use that. Hospitality, Heat and Air, our biggest sponsor, Gene and uh, Lisa Lucas. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Uh, Haven Miller State Farm, right there on Main Street. Spikes, fresh pork skins, and boiled peanuts. I got to reach out to him and get some uh, stuff for the uh, fighters yep. uh, so they can keep at the gym. Uh, that's pretty much it so far. Yeah, we. one of the things that and that kind of led up to tonight where we are, Brad and I have had a lot of conversations late lately, and a lot of them came from stuff that we're both going through personally, we had gone through personally, and, and a lot of it that we feel is just kind of a state of where we are. So we're going to start a multi-part series and it's going to be basically keeping up with the Joneses. And it's going to be, like I said, you're, it's not like it's just about buying a house. You shouldn't buy or a car. There's going to be a lot of things that we kind of peel back the layers on, on, on that we talk about all the time. And some of our best conversations are when he's working and I'm just talking to him. Um, cause I, I had, I was off a couple days, but I'm not driving. I'm no, not you're driving. not driving. You're not driving. I'm not no, driving. So we talk. yeah, we'll clarify that. But we'll take a 30 minute break. Right. It's on his break. <laughs> so, um, so like I said, we just, we wanted to peel back that. And, and I think that just in light of just, you know, a lot of things that, that we're all kind of going through, we wanted to, to kick it off with tonight. And, you know, when you got young people that are willing to tell their st story and expose themselves, so to speak, especially today in the society, how they treat people that do that, I think it it's it says volumes about who y'all are. And we've got three young ladies in here with us today and one of their moms in here with us. And so we're just going to kind of let them introduce themselves, tell them stories, and then we'll we'll kind of go off of that when they do. So I want to jump on it, too, from just, just to kick it off. Um, you know, I think locally right now there's a lot of heartache. Um, there's been heartache on my end for, you know, a year and a half. Um, just from loss, uh, but I think that um, you know, anytime something happens tragically, you have a lot of people that come in. They want to know why. They want to know 
how this can happen. You have parents that don't understand it, and I think that's some of the, you know, one of the hardest parts about it is, you know, not having the answers. Um, but I think that the answers that people are looking for now, the reason they don't have the answers is because there's so much stuff new. Um, over the past week, I've been thinking about, like, what it was like when I was a kid. Um, I think before all of the technology, you had decades and decades and decades of being able to handle situations as a parent and as a kid, and it was always the same, um, whether it was my dad or my granddad or somebody saying, oh, you're fine, you know, suck it up, you know. Well, you could do it because all your friends sucked it up, right? That's just what you did. Um, whatever, Whenever something happened, think about, you know, the bubble that we were in as a kid. If something happened in our little bubble, whether it was in our school, whether it was in, you know, vacation Bible school, summer camp, whatever happened, happened right there. It stayed there and nothing got out. You know what I mean? And for the most part, when that happens, you know, if it's, we're all visual, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Two weeks maybe, unless it was a big deal, nobody else thought about it. It was over. Um, but we as parents now, I don't think that we, I know I don't. I don't know how to handle it. So, you know, I've talked about decades and decades of everything kind of being the same. You flip a switch, now you have technology. Over the past 10 to 15 years, you have so many things of ways to access things. What you once thought was your bubble has expanded. If something happens to you in your little bubble of what we used to consider a bubble, whether it's an embarrassing situation, you did something wrong that's typically out of your character, um, you got caught up in a, in a messed up situation, it's a, your girlfriend broke up with you, your boyfriend broke up with you or anything, now it's expanded to where your bubble is not your bubble anymore. It's, it could be, if it's a big deal, it could be worldwide. Not only that, it's probably recorded. You have other people that don't even know you. Now they can react to what happened to you. Um, so you have, it's tough, I think, as a kid, number one, to, to deal with that. Number two, it's tough for parents to handle something that we don't know. You can't handle what you don't know. This is, all this stuff that's new for kids is new for parents too. You know, somebody made a comment on social media the other day about, you know, yeah, social media does this, social media does that, but um, it's still up to the parents. I agree with that to a degree. Mm -hmm. You have some parents that don't even know what their kids are doing. They don't know what TikTok is. They don't know what Instagram Snapchat. is. They don't know any of that. You know and what I mean? And some of the kids have multiple Instagrams. So, <laughs> you know. But, um, I, well, you, but, but you have that, but you also have, you know, generationally speaking, cost of living has something to do with that because when I was a kid my dad was able to support the whole family my mama stayed at home all day so she knew what we were doing you know what I mean right she knew everything we were doing it's very rare now that you have a household with one parent at home all the time you have dual income households because of the cost of living so parents are busier kids are busier you go from rec sports now all of a sudden you can travel and do sports I mean the, the, your bubble is not your bubble anymore so I want everybody to understand that you know I, yeah it, it does it's a lot on the parents but parents they don't know what they don't know yet until something happens. But in, in some of the things when, when Devin talk, talks that as parents, and part of this is it, it's also for y'all, but it's also because there's a lot of parents that are missing things right now mm -hmm. because they're not paying attention. And they're also not seeing things that there's slight changes. You know, what's a little bit different? I probably just struggling with school or – you know, so and we're also trying to make sure that parents understand not to be dismissive when things are changing with your child mm -hmm. because they're not changing because they're they're just felt like changing. 
and and it could be little things that that you don't that you think ah it's not a big deal don't worry about it but you can't the longer you let that fester and and do that it, it, they get deeper and deeper and deeper so y- y'all are going to unpack a ton for kids but there's also some parents that are going to be oh my gosh it, am i missing some of these and then you know and also a, as you do that and and as we go forward through this you know and, and when you each get your chance, just kind of tell, you know, what would have worked approaching you, what wouldn't have worked, you know, because sometimes as parents, we think that we're fixers, we're fixers, we're fixers. Well, sometimes you can't fix something. And to me, our situation was the single, I'm, I'm the, the absolute fixer. I've spent my whole life doing it, law enforcement, but I have never been more helpless in my entire life. And it was through this. And so, and like I said, as we just go, it's going to be paramount that you not only do that, but you tell some of the parents that are going to be listening, look, here's some things, here's some approachable, here's some no's, here's some yeses and things like that as we go. So we're just going to kind of let each of the uh, guests introduce themselves, tell a bit about their story, and then and we'll just kind of go off of that. Yeah, so the first two guests will have uh, two young ladies, local young ladies, um, they, uh, through their experience, they run a, um, it's an Instagram. I'm sure we'll talk about the other stuff that you do, uh, but it's called Your Mental Health is a Priority. So the first two names, uh, the first two ladies, they run that. Um, so go ahead and just introduce yourself and uh, yourselves. And then the third lady is uh, somebody that um, I give her hell all the time. <laughs> um, she is uh, um I'm glad that you that I have you in my life. You know what I mean. So through that marriage, it was pretty cool. Uh, that's about the only thing other than than Austin, who's who's my number I don't two. Know. I think I beat him. No, I said he's deep. my number two. But if nothing else came out of my uh, sister Mary and Tony, then, then <laughs> I appreciate you. If any. So we'll start with the cool. Go ahead. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. No shade. Sorry. So my name is Madeline Kivett. I'm 18. Yeah. Um, my name is Bella Black. I'm 17 as well. Oh. I'm Devin Breeden. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm 20 years old. I am Tony's daughter. and Little bars. Brad's little bars, mini bars. Um, I am Brad's niece, you would call it, I guess. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, that's okay, exactly well, I didn't know if I it. should include, like, stuff. Great. No, we don't get into that. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, hello, everybody. So let's go. Let's, let's just go ahead and dive into it as comfortable as you want to um, talk about. I would say go from... Um, everything's going good, right? You're young, you're getting older, you're getting older, you're starting to catch, you know, more stresses, you, you know, so go into what you think started to change for you. So it was my junior year of high school when everything really started happening for me. Um, I had gotten my license six months prior. It was in August of 2020, so I think maybe COVID and a lot of changes in a lot of our lives. You know, I know things changed for everyone and that was hard for a lot of people. Um, But I think that is what brought on some of the struggles that I started to see in my everyday life. Um, I was driving to my, like a nail salon appointment and I had a panic attack when I was driving. And this was not my first experience with anxiety nor was it my first panic attack, but it was the first one I had in a long time. And it was a lot scarier just because I was behind the wheel of a moving vehicle and I was unsure of what to do in the moment. But I called my mom and she talked to me the whole way, like on my way home, I talked to her the whole way home and she kind of helped me get through that moment. 
Um, and then I started, you know, I, I reached out to my parents and I was like, hey, like, I've been trying to fight these battles by myself for a really long time and I don't think I can do it alone anymore. They knew about it, but I wasn't, I didn't want to get medicated because I didn't want to depend on something to make me happy. I think that's um, something that's very, stig like, has a stigma around it in our society. People don't want to take medication because they don't want to have to have something to be happy. They want to do it on their own. But I, I, I learned that, you know, taking medication and having help is completely okay. And it doesn't, you know, change who I am as a person. Um, and so I just kind of battled anxiety a lot. And along with depression as well, there were many times where I felt like my mind was taking control of my body. And I felt like I didn't have control over myself. Um, there were times where my parents had to, like my mom had to sleep in the bed with me because I was scared I was going to do something and not realize it. And that's a hard situation to be in. And my heart goes out to everyone that ever feels like that. And I just wish that I could, you know, sit down with everyone who feels like that and just be like, hey, like, it's going to be okay. This moment will pass. Um, and then I endured some, like, you know, physical symptoms. I got diagnosed with vertigo in February of 2021 um, that was brought on by anxiety, and that was really hard. I stopped going to school. My, my second semester of junior year, I did online virtual school. And then um, I thought I was going to get better throughout the summer. Things started to get a little bit better, but it just was kind of, it was still hard. It was an adjustment for sure. And so I did my whole senior year online because I, being in school, being in public, surrounded by people was too hard for me. Um, and so just because I'm here today and I'm talking about it doesn't mean that I have everything figured out. Um, it's a journey. It's a journey for sure. And running the Instagram account and helping so many people has been so special and such an opportunity, such a huge opportunity. Um, but we're, we're going through it. You know, we're learning as we go through it and we're learning as we're being there for other people. Um, so my biggest message is just, you know, don't just remember like how, how much people love you. Remember that um, it does get better. And one thing that my parents always told me was that whatever I was feeling in a moment would not last forever. Nothing is permanent. Nothing in your life is permanent. So I think it's really important to know that, you know, your struggles are not your whole life. I say, I say that to my kids. Yeah. Like, it's funny because I talk about mm -hmm. a moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a moment. At 44 years old, I can still look back and remember times that I thought, man, this is horrible. Like this is, this is going to be, I'll never be able to get over this little moment, you know? And now at 44, you know, my kids are, my older kids are grown. I see their successes and I'm so glad that that moment did not define me. Right. So I think it's pretty cool. This is the other thing I want to talk about later on as we get into everybody's conversations is you, you knew you were comfortable enough with your parents to know to go to them and say I can't do it alone. Right. And that's that. I think that's one of the things that sets your your situation apart from a lot of others. Right. Is that they don't know. You know what I mean? They don't. That's that. That's their heroes. That's their. Not only are they they don't want nobody to know their struggles. They don't want nobody to know their parents, especially that they no. look up to, that they can't handle something. And it's hard. And I will. I mean, I'll be honest. It's hard to sit down with your parents and have the talk that and and say like, hey, like. I don't know why I feel like this, but it's happening and I can't control it. And um, I mean, my mom and my dad both have cried because they don't like to see, they don't like to, no parent wants to see their child. You're our suffer. babies. Yeah. No parent. Um, but I think, I, I just think that it's once, once you get past that and you realize like, no matter what, my parents are going to love me. Even if it breaks their heart to hear about it, they're gonna love me. And um, they just want what's best for me. They wanna help me. And I think that when you get that, you know, when you get to that point, it's just, I, I mean, it's just really, it's just really helpful. And, and it helps so much to have 
you know, your, your support team on your side. And I'll also tell you, we, a former family member that, that I'm not really going to go into their story because I, I hadn't talked to them yet, but the other part of the medicine is you want to, in my opinion, you want somebody responsible there because one of the things that we dealt with, she struggled with depression forever, forever. So finally I was like, I'm going with you. So we go in there and sit down and she literally says 10 words and he starts writing. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm writing some medicine. I said, you haven't even listened to her at all. No. And I said, let's go. We're done. Get up. And so we left and then she went and found somebody that got to the real core mm-hmm. of what her problem was. Mm-hmm. And then she went from dose, 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 dose to where she went off. But then I've also come to realize that there are people that are better equipped to deal with life's up and downs. Absolutely. And there is nothing wrong with having that little bit of a balance in that medication if you find the right dose and if you find the right thing Absolutely. that doesn't just keep you catatonic. But that is, that's critical. And I've known that forever. And especially in law enforcement, there are people that have to have it. And, and right. the, the whole key, like you said, is I think that people need to have somebody responsible with them and to make sure that we're not going a hundred miles an hour when we can start at 10 and then learn because mm-hmm. I, I, there are people that the ups and downs of life, not everybody's equipped to deal with them the same. No. So, and I think that that's, I think that is okay, and it was good for you to realize, look, I just got to have some help. And Bella will definitely touch on this when she talks, just because this is something that we talk about all the time. But um, with running the account that we have, we have we get a lot of messages, and a lot of people get really upset because they're like, I tried this medicine, and it doesn't work. And so what am I supposed to do now? And it's like, you know, it took me four tries to find the, diff- the, the medication that worked for me. Right. It's not right away. It's not overnight. And it, it literally, like, it takes time to just find the one that works right. for you. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's that simple. And, like, I, I, the first one that I tried actually made my situation worse. And right. then I had to dig myself out of a situation that I basically created and find the way to to you know maneuver out of that get my head back on where it needed to be and find something else that worked so it's just a matter of time and you have to be patient with yourself you can't rush yourself and just really try work hard to find what works for you but i think that's a problem too with with like this generation a generation before is because we are we are we need everything in an instant right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know if you say this is going to take six or seven months to somebody young they're like that's forever right. oh my god right. like i can't yeah. six seven but that's nothing no that is not. nothing that is that, that is in the whole scheme of things that is a snap and yeah. it's that's yeah. not so but you, in the reality it's 25 30 percent of your entire high school time right. You, you, right you know so but if but like you just said the people that will come in and and the other thing is the downside like you talked about our circle getting big are the things that affect us. The good thing about our circle getting big and what we have and, and avenues that y'all are doing right now is the next person where you are is not going to get downtrodden because that first one, they're going right. to go, okay, I knew this was going to happen. That's fine. We're going to drop back and punt. Mm-hmm. We'll do this. And so, you know, that's the, everything is about helping. And that's it. so I think that that's the good part about it is, is, to, is when you share what you've gone through, it opens the door because in our world, there are somebody, there's going to be somebody that has a child that is exactly where you were, right. where you were, where right. you were. Right. And th- their, their mom and dad are going to go, oh, my gosh, 
And so it, that's what everything is about. And, and like I said, in, in, in a society where you open yourself up to ridicule and being bullied, I think what y'all are doing is one of the bravest things that I've ever seen. It is the absolute bravest thing because it, it, being somewhat vulnerable these days is is it's attacked attacked mm -hmm. but i'm also i think we're also turning well, people the look corner. at it as a weakness but yeah, we're also yeah, sure. but we're also turning the corner and i like that patty after that fight the other night he probably did more for men's mental health than you could ever say by saying talk to people talk to people and it's also a powerful voice that did it so but anyway so we'll just kind of yeah so me and madeline have we have very similar stories but also very different i would say mine started when i was young uh, like early middle school. I have always been a worrier. I've always been anxious. I've always been a finger picker. Always been worried about what other people think of me, what other people have to say about me. And I think that's normal for every young person. You know, they can say as much as you want to that you don't care, but you know, deep down you do care. But so middle school, I wanna say eighth grade is when my anxiety started to get unmanageable. And it was never, until later on that I kind of sat down with my mom. It was just, you know, it was it was visible. I was young, I didn't know how to like, you know, hide it. And it was through school, gymnastics, just a bunch of stuff going on. And sports had a big role in that. I was, you know, making a decision between volleyball and gymnastics that really took a toll on me. So I went to the doctor and got put on a medication that actually Madeline got put on. And it made me like physically sick. Um, yeah, it, and that's scary, like, being that young, you know, you're getting a medicine that has this title that's supposed to help, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was kind of, like, I just remember that being such, like, a big factor in the whole medicine topic and everything for me, just saying, well, that one didn't work, why would another one? Or, well, that, that made me feel that way. I, I'm terrified to try another one. Mm -hmm. And that's that anxiety talking. And, you know, all throughout middle school, I got bullied, bullied, bullied so bad to where I almost went homeschooled. And, you know, it's, it's not easy when you're young and, you know, you don't know why. And that's a lot of questions that people ask. But it started to get better. My anxiety, you know, started to level out. I stopped taking medicine, actually. I just was doing, like, some self-management stuff. Um, you know, the drama and all that stuff kind of eased out, all the extra anxiety. But high school, I want to say my – I would say my freshman year, uh, my sister struggles real bad with mental health as well. And – you know, an event happened with her, and, you know, obviously, like, my sister is, like, the other half of my heart. So, you know, anything that happens to her, and, like, when this goes for parents, too, like, seeing it from, a like, a sister point of view, like, an outside point of view, too, like, I've been there as well. Like, it might not be the same as a parent, but I've been in the shoes where I feel helpless, and I don't know what to do, and, you know, nothing I say, nothing I do can help, you know, can help her. Like, I just, I just have to be there for her. I have to be a listening ear for her, and, you know, just let her know that I'm not going anywhere. And that really took a toll on me as well, and, like, we worked through that. And I would say my junior year, this past year, and my sophomore year, I really started to struggle. I think I started to get some mild depression through anxiety, just worrying all the time. You know, it, I mean, it takes a toll on you. And so I actually found a medication that works very well for me, and I've been on it for a while now, and, you know, it's, it's a controversial topic. And, but it really has helped me, like, level up my life and, you know, but that was fine after the whole back and forth of, you know, I don't want to try medicine and all that stuff. I get really help for my doctor to, you know, sit down. I don't care how unorganized you are as a kid or how, you know, sporadic in the, the moment and, you know, 
to sit down and have some, a professional look at you and say, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do if this doesn't work. And I, you're going to come back and we're going to reevaluate mm-hmm. if this, 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 and this mm-hmm. happens. That reassured me enough to, you know, say, okay, you know, I'm on board with this plan. I feel comfortable with it. And, you know, you're here to help. You know, right. it's not it's not a bad thing. And same with therapy for me for a while. You know, I was embarrassed. I, like, I didn't want to go talk to someone. I had a really bad outlook on it for a while that I didn't want someone to sit there and tell me to count to 10 whenever I feel sad. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I just had this so stereotypical view on it, which I think is the whole problem with mental health these days. But so that's kind of like the first part of my story. And then we get into like a whole different second part. So I want to say the end of my, this was like, this is probably my main struggle, but I would say the end of my sophomore year, and this goes back to all the way eighth grade, I've gotten called names like fat girl and stuff that just like takes a toll on you. And like, I've always struggled with my body image and I've always compared myself to others. But sophomore year, I had like kind of a tough year with anxiety and depression and all that. And I developed an eating disorder at the end and I, I was very kept to myself. I didn't even tell Madeline. Uh, she came to me about it because she recognized, you know, I kept it, I kept it from my family and that, that, that was hard. And, you know, I was going to doctor's appointments by myself and I was making up stories of why I kept going back to the doctor because, I, I mean, I was embarrassed. Like, you know, like God created your body and like you shouldn't like feel ashamed of it. But like in that moment, in that headspace, I did. Like I didn't like the way I looked. I got up in the morning and I looked in the mirror and I like hated myself and that's like one of the worst feelings in the world and you know it started to get better you know Madeline helped me a lot through it and I finally sat down with my mom on the bigger end of it the better end of it and just told her you know she expressed some of her struggles too and a lot we me and my mom are very very similar we look exactly alike we have a lot of the same struggles but um you know sitting down and talking with her about that was probably one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. and it like it broke me to see her upset but at the same time like she was so thankful that I had finally came to her and I felt safe enough to come to her and you know Madeline was a big factor in that and saying you know I told my parents like it it was okay like they're not going to react the way you think they're going to react like it's okay to sit down and tell them that you're struggling that's that's been one of my things that I've been trying to figure out because I overthink things I mean when you're a truck driver and you're by yourself pretty much all day Mm -hmm. you, you just think about everything Oh yeah. And I kept thinking, all right, am I, can my can my kids talk to me? You know what I mean? Right. You think they could talk to you about anything, but could all right, Brad? Could your if there was something going on, do could your kids just come talk to you? Well, of course. Initially, I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm handling, yeah, 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 like right. But now, if I think about it, like from their standpoint or their point of view, they I feel like my kids look at me because I'm very involved. But I feel like my kids look at me as like they never want to disappoint me. Mm-hmm. If they feel like their anxiety or whatever they're going through or their stresses or something that is bad, then why would they want to tell me, look, I'm doing this and this is, you know, why would they want right. to tell me? They don't want to disappoint me, you right. know? So now I have to reevaluate, like maybe I can work better and say, you know, if there's something going on, I don't, you know, I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like we can talk about anything. And I think, I think hearing that, you know, from a parent would be extremely helpful from like a youth point of view. And like, you know, my parents have sat down and said that to me, like, it's okay. Like you're struggling. What would be the best way for a parent to talk to their kid? Which I'm not saying that your answer is like clinical. I'm just saying from your personal experience, if if, if a parent wants to know 
or wants to approach their kid so the kid can understand, look, whatever you got going on, no judgment. Is this something that you talk about? Like, do you mention it over and over again, or do you sit down and have one big conversation? Or you know what I mean? That, How does a parent come to talk to their kids about that? That's that's hard. That's a hard one, and I feel like it's different for everyone. Just like everyone's mental health struggles are different. Um, I would say personally for me, you know, my like you were talking about disappointment. My biggest fear is that. I didn't want my parents to worry about me. I didn't mm-hmm. want them to worry mm-hmm. about me. Yes, I was struggling, but you know, in the back of my head, no matter how deep it got buried, I knew I was going to be okay. Right. Here's I what, knew there was an outlook. To, to me, and it's what you said in the middle school, and this was when, th- th- this is where Devin did kind of tell us something, and, and I'm not going to say anything. It's just what right. we saw. Because what was different when we grew up, our our, when we hit middle school, that's when your kind of friends solidified. And, you know, when I was in school, the people that were meanest to me were, were outside of my pocket. One of the things that we saw was the absolute meanest people in Devin's world were the group of girls that we thought were going to be her circle forever. Right. That was and, exactly and, for me. And I, I have never been more hurt and disappointed, but Devin told us she – you know, because she started not doing things that they used to do together coming all the way up through elementary mm-hmm. school. And I just remember when she said them some things, I was like, how, how is this possible when, you know, she's finding new circles and, and the absolute vile and nastiness out of people that were in our house and that were with her every day. That is the thing that struck me as so, I was so amazed and hurt by it because I was like, I couldn't, when she was telling us something, I was like, so-and-so. It's like, what? Like, that that can't can't be right. And I I think that that's another thing for parents to recognize is don't, don't dismiss when your kids pull away from what was their circle because that's the beginning of that isolation because now they don't have Mm -hmm. their core group. But to me, that was the thing that, and we didn't miss it. We saw it, but it it was at that where we just were like, I just can't believe it. And so, but, so I'm not going to take from Devin's thing because that's not really it. But I just wanted people to realize that don't don't think that people that have been at sleepovers and everywhere else and that you're inseparable and you're, you're very good friends with their parents do not think for a second that they're not contributing factors because they can mm-hmm. be. And yeah. I'm not saying they all are. There are some that come all the way up and stay tight. But that was one of the things that we were mortified by as, you know, you know, those are things when we were in school, your, your pocket was your was your little wolf pack in, yeah, my, in pocket, your my pocket then was like five people and that's I'm right. close to those five that's people. How, and see, that's, that's how it. I am. I think that I've always thought that small friend groups were better than having like a huge friend group because you can always count on, you know, you can always count on the really good friends that you have to be there for you. And it's hard to count on a huge number of people. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And that's one of the things that I think high school, like in middle school is so hard because you know, we made a YouTube video the other day, and we talked about how when you go to high school, like, you'll lose friends. You'll make friends. You'll find out who your real friends are. And, you, you know, you have to understand that it's nothing that you did that makes someone turn on you or makes someone not want to be in your life anymore. It's, like, it's not your fault. It's a lot of immaturity. People, people grow out of friendships. People grow up. They start to like different things. They go different ways. And I think that's really important for 
people of our age and you know to remember when going through school and having these troubles with people who they thought were their lifelong somebody friends. that i thought was my absolute best friends for 20 years at work oh yeah stabbed me worse than anybody i ever had and that's how my parents were they they were mortified just like you when you know when i was in middle school i had i was a part of the you know quote unquote group i wanted to fit in i want i wanted to be in that group and i you know i wanted i wanted to be liked like every other person you know, does whether they don't age. admit it or not. Right. That comes with the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. That right, for about. real. And you know, it was it was my closest friends that I went to when I was struggling with anxiety, or when I would have a panic attack in the middle school bathroom. That they would come with me. That were the people that caused a lot of my struggles. I think I think that's something kids need to realize too, because like. I, they might be your close friend, right? But right. whatever information you give somebody that's a close friend, for the most part, if it gets down to it, that's also stuff they can use against you. Oh, absolutely. Okay, to whereas I think kids need to understand if my parent will never use it against me. No, and that's a huge never. thing. Never. I love that. I love that. And I also, I think one of you guys said something earlier, but I have a saying that I like love to keep like I just say it to myself. Is this the one that we talked about? No, this isn't. Oh, this is this we'll is like a personal that. That one. That gives me cold chills. We go ahead. But I, it's just kind of like a self life motto, to you know look at life through a big perspective but a small lens, and right. you know for overthinkers and worriers, you know looking at life through that small lens, it kind of it centers everything out. Okay, this is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm doing right now. But then when you're struggling in those hard times, you look at life from a big perspective. I will bet you that you have found that some of the harshest people to you when you were going through it were going through the same thing. Now, 100%. some of them won't admit it, but you got to realize that deflection. Amen. And, and some of them have reached out to y'all since and oh. will continue to. But we also got to realize that things like this and what you're doing now could minimize that in the future because right. some of them weren't being malicious. They're just thinking... Oh God! If somebody sees me like this, then I'll be hurt. And they just can't so it right, and they and they're not, you know, they're not as strong as y'all were. They just weren't. So it's, you know, so it's just, it, sometimes that's it. So so but, let's let's talk. We'll we'll come back to that. I'm making yeah. a note because yeah, that's your a light bulb went off. Y'all y'all look like y'all was y'all was saying <laughs> yeah. amen over here. Hallelujah! Yeah. So something something that's clicked off, right. but I want to get to Devin that, real that's quick. That's deep. My name is Devin. Um, you said that earlier. For me, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, for me, it all, you know, like, I forget your name. What is your name? My name is Bella. Bella. Okay. For Bella. Um, it all started for me um, in early middle school. Um, you know, my, my parents went through a divorce, as do so many kids in this society. I think divorce is such a huge factor on influencing children these days. Um but yeah, it, it all started, you know, uh, sixth grade. Um, you know, I had this group of friends, and I thought, you know, when you're that young, you put your entire life into so few people thinking that they will be here forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's detrimental because you give them so much and they give you so much hate in return. Yes. And, right now. And, yes. And, and, and it's really it's it's really hurtful and to go through that as at such a young age when you're so easily influenced um it makes you have such a hatred for yourself because mm -hmm. you're like if this is all i'm getting in return maybe it's all i deserve right right and you know i ended up changing schools but um you know everything stuck with me 
Um, you know, I've I've had really bad uh, depression and anxiety like you. I am paranoid 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really bad paranoid OCD tendencies to where it has just influenced my entire life. But I, um, seventh grade, I changed schools, but things mentally for me did not change. Um, it got really, really bad. You know, the only outlet I had was, you know, I developed an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I self-harmed, harmed really badly. Um, and this is funny because we were talking about, you know, how hateful people can be, and they're usually our closest friends. When I look back at it, I realize that the only people that truly saved me in that time were the people that really meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people, a teacher my yeah. guidance counselor, a girl that I didn't even know her name, but walked me to the bathroom every day, seventh grade, because you know I was going to throw up in there. Right. Um, and those people are the people that saved my life, and I 100% believe that. I hated them at the time for it, because I was like, can y'all just yeah, not just leave, leave me alone? alone? Let right. me destroy myself in peace. It was, it was, <laughs> it was aggravating you. It was, because, yeah. you know, I, I, was, I was headstrong on, you know, destroying myself and and you know uh I had bad anxiety I ended up um like I said it's people it's the people who saved me that I don't even think about um my English teacher Miss Nettles if you're listening hi I love you so much (laughs) um she went to my guidance counselor and she said um something's wrong with her and she was the only one who noticed because I swear to this day I'm not even lying that was the week for me and um I ended up going to the hospital I spent some time there um, and it was a journey from there of growth therapy medication um, talking for the first time which I had never done and I am not saying whatsoever that it got better right then and there because it didn't there were days where it got so much worse and so much better and piggybacking off of medication I know we talked about that I think that this is not spoken of at all but I think it's so important is finding a good doctor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being brutally honest with that doctor because yes they they're not a therapist they're not gonna they're not they're there to help you but if if you lay it all out for them clinically they can give you possible solutions that can help me and that is what saved my life um you know the chemicals in my brain do not allow me to be happy on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. and there are people that can go to therapy and truly talk about what they went through and get better through that. Um, but I personally need medication. And with my doctor, with our relationship we've had, I've, I've had her ever since this whole journey started. And she has really, really helped me. She has gotten me on the right medication, the right dosage, and everything. And I think that's super, super important to have a doctor that can help you and can navigate you through something that you know nothing about, mm-hmm. but can potentially save your life. Um, I, you know, through high school, it, high school wasn't really a factor for me. Um, you know, I went through it all kind of early, but I still, I still to this day struggle with it. But um, it's all about learning, you know, that balance and that control you know back then for me self-harm was the only control that I had in my life I could control how bad I hurt how much it hurt and whatnot but now I learn that there are other ways to find that control in your life and and bring it back and and find yourself through other other ways and 
it's a beautiful thing finding yourself and everybody so so hold on let's go into this right so i'm sitting here i'm listening to you right I'm listening to you listening to Devin. you know i see mom down there um i also see tony right so as i'm listening to you talk um one of the big things is i have a parent in here that's listening to his daughter talk so you're talking about you know your pains or whatever and tony is you know he's emotional right yeah. because you're his baby and that was the hardest part of, you know, um, going through what I went through because I could live with my hurt. Right. I, I could live with, with what I was going through that my pain was my pain, but I did not realize how much pain I caused on other people until it all came out. And to see my parents hurt and the confusion, you know, that is always a parent's question is why. Mm-hmm. And then well, it's blame. So Devin was, um, you know, at that age, she was with her mom a lot more, but it was never contentious. She came to my house, and I never saw anything, nothing. And then when it finally hit and I heard everything, and then we went to the hospital, I was just, like, I have never been more devastated in my life. I, I, I You know, for that week... I think I lost close to 20 pounds. I didn't sleep but about four hours. I didn't eat the entire week. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, it was it was a brokenness that I had never seen. And so, in, in, you know, in, in one of the products that we saw with Devin was, to me, the, the, and I never got, like, angry at people because that's pointless. They're kids, too. But the thing that bothered me is... My daughter was robbed of what high school should be to so many people because by the time she got to high school, she didn't trust anybody. And her high school years were a very one or two person pocket and it was two school back. Very little activities, very little involvement. And and you just think that, damn, you know, and, and you know that that was just her protecting herself because that's what she knew was her her thing was to not let anybody else have and make her vulnerable by seeing those things so and that you know that was just a product of what we saw through high school that hurt us but you know but like the difference with her is hers was well before whereas y'all's was in high school Mm -hmm. so it was you know it was a little different but you know every since then you know our our conversations are more deliberate um, you know, I will ask her things that I wouldn't have asked her before because I thought they were off limits. You know, I felt that, you know, and that's the thing as a parent, there's nothing, you know, because to be honest with nothing you, nothing off limits, you there's mean. nothing, right? Because, you know, I can tell you that by the time she was where she was, had one of us seen something and said, sit down, this is it, then she probably would have just, you know, bombarded us with where she was and it may not have been immediate in the way that it had to happen and I, I don't I didn't want ours to happen the way it did but you know looking back on it and the the doctor that was up there was a Christian doctor and it was the I after seeing and talking to him I had a piece that okay at least she's going to be okay right. but you know the the worst mistake you can make is is just saying well, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. I think I agree. Because sure. we see so many things to where tragedy is waiting if you wait. So I think it, well, because you didn't get to the core. You said something a little bit ago, like you changed schools, right? Yes. But nothing changed for you. No. So you you got a hand grenade. I can have a hand grenade in this room, then I can take it out to Myrtle Beach and set it on the beach. It's still a hand grenade. 
Exactly. You I think I think that's that was the biggest thing for me was like I said, I wasn't necessarily okay with my pain, but I wanted so badly to share it with somebody and nobody asked. But you know, in a sense I was so good at at self-preservation and and hiding it and going about because I was so scared of, of disappointing them and hurting other people and being, you know, that commodity that everybody's like, oh, my God, where'd she go? She but, was in the yeah. hospital. But, it's, and, but yeah. it's also not laying blame, but there was also some things that were missed for various reasons. Now, like I said, when, when she was with us, we had that sense of normalcy because she wasn't with me all the time. So I didn't That's see... what made it easy, though, was I was never with either of you permanently. Right. So I could adjust and adapt and... But but looking, back, but looking back, but looking back, you know, when you're on the back side of it and you think, okay, Devin used to be somebody that was in the area where we were forever. And then for weeks, never left a room, never left a room, never left a room, never left a room. People weren't coming over and this and this. And it was... You know, so that's what I was talking about early as a parent. Do not dismiss and discount changes in your child. Isolation. Because it, you, the little things that you think, ah, it's probably just this, it's that, don't ever assume it's this or that. Ask and make them tell you. Make them tell you. I would like to add to that, though. Um you know, transparency in a parent-child relationship is so important. But um, in my opinion, I think there is a fine line, not much of a fine line. Um, you know, overbearing parents create sneaky children. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. At that point, I'm going to hate you. Leave me the hell alone. You're making me mad. You're making me lie. lie. You're making me not want to speak to you because you it makes me feel like you just want the inside scoop. You don't care what's wrong right. with me. You're just so down my throat. I think, you know, you asked, should it be one long talk or just subtle, you know, I'm here for you. I think both work, mm -hmm. you know. All of a sudden, randomly a parent just saying, I love you and I'm here for you. And whatever you're going through, I'll be here to listen. That is so important other than being like, you've just been so you've just been in your room all the time you've been da da da, da and <laughs> and that that yeah. creates that. hatred it creates a questioning it makes me feel like what yeah. i'm feeling isn't real and not valid you know validation in a parent child relationship is so important um mm -hmm. you know especially in today's society especially with men um they don't get validated mm -hmm. what they feel isn't valid what they think isn't valid because you're supposed to be a man. Yeah, we got the next some the next episode that we're going to do with this is we're going to bring yeah. boys was, in y'all's age. I think I think that, you know, with having a lot of messages from a lot of people on our Instagram account, you know, asking like, "Hey, how do I tell my parents?" And I think that one of the hardest things to do like when you're struggling is say it out loud. 100%. Just be like it's being like, process. "Hey, I'm dealing with this." Or, "Hey, I'm I'm, you know, going through this or this. And one of the things that I've encouraged a lot of teenagers to do is literally just get a piece of notebook paper and write it down. Say everything that you are feeling. Tell, like, literally be like, I have this thought all the time. It's eating me alive. And if, and if you cannot come out and say it and be like, this is what I'm feeling, hand, write, write your mom and dad a note. 
tell them what it is tell them how it is because it's a lot easier to write about something than to just say it out loud and I know like I have you know I have family members that deal with that are my age that deal that have dealt with mental health and they haven't felt comfortable to 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 say it out loud and be like this is what I'm dealing with because they're scared of how they might be looked at and all that and I I'm I'm tell I tell them I tell everyone I'm like write it down just write it down and hand it to them and let them read it. Let them like just read it and soak it in so that they really know. And I will do. tell you if you and I an advice to parents is because parents think that I, you know they don't want something to be their fault. So the kids don't want them to think it's their fault, but you have to realize yeah. that sometimes it is your fault. You're not doing it on purpose to hurt your children, but some things that you're doing project things that make it hard for your kids. You know, like sometimes when she had some kids that were treating her like garbage and we're trying to force her to have relationships with those kids. And, and so you're, you're kind of doing that. So, and to me, as a parent, if you have a child that will come to you and tell you something, if you cross your arms and lash back at that kid, like you don't believe it, you have just absolutely destroyed their ability to come back to you. Absolutely. Because I your reality that. is not their reality. And we went, we dealt with some of that, too, where, you know, in our, the doctor prepared us. Before we went in, he said, you're going to hear some things in here that you're going to not, not like. And if, if you react, it's going to be this catastrophic result. Right. So if a, if a kid does come to you, and if all they do is a teeny-tiny little olive branch to test the waters, and you dismiss it or act like you don't have time or you act like that's bull crap, you, that, that ain't how it is, this and this, then you have laid the groundwork for them to further isolate, further doing what they were doing and not seek help from especially you. Yep. Because that is the, you, you can, if you smack their hand back the very first time they say something because you're defensive and thinking, I'm not going to be the one that calls this. Because it, you, you didn't do it on purpose, but a lot of things that we do as parents in this where we are today and expectations we have of our kids create some of that. And, you know, it's one of the things that we're going to talk about later is this expectation of, you know, where kids are going to college and how important it is and mm -hmm. this and this. And some of that starting in middle school is absolutely <laughs> devastating to people because it's, you're not doing it on purpose. But right. so, and that is the one thing that, that as a parent that, that yeah. I know is, you have to be receptive to everything that's said to you. And to right. piggyback on yes. that, you know, with parents and, you know, coming from the other end of, you know, what y'all view it as is that it's just, it's 50-50. It's it really is. You know, as much as the parents' words and how they react and, you know, instead of, like Devin said one time, instead of, you know, if, if you realize they're being, iso like, isolating themselves, Say, hey, you know, I love you. If there's something going on, you can talk to me. It, like, it's, it's okay. Like, we will figure it out together. We will both be okay. We will figure it out together. And I think the together word is kind of what did it for me. You know, my parents would say that to me. And, but it's also, Madeline mentioned this too, the, the, I think what is so hard, the main, you know, inner core part about what's so hard about coming out and reaching out for help is, once you say it, that's you admitting it to yourself. And one of the hardest things when you're dealing with mental health is 
oh, like, yeah, like, you know, I'm sad, but there's no way it's depression. If there, there's no way. You know, it can't. It's not, you know, other people deal with it, but there's just, it's, you know, I don't, there's no way I have it. Or, you know, you get to yourself and you know that you're struggling with it, but you haven't said it out loud. And once you say it out loud, you admit that you're struggling and you take on the battle of healing. And I think a lot of people are afraid to go through the battle of healing. And another thing that that you kind of said and, and, and what to me drives it is, is that you also have to realize this is every spectrum of people, the richest, the poorest, the middle it, it's happening to everybody. And, you know, a lot of times parents are like, what do you have to be depressed about? We go on vacation. That's we have right. this. We have That's this. So, and I think that sometimes you can, because you think that providing prevents, and it doesn't. You can have absolutely everything and go money and unlimited this and this, but yet you're still in a dark hole that in the, in the same person that their parents struggle to pay bills. We so it's, there's, there's not... There's nothing, nobody is protected and immune from this. And yeah, and for like a parent who's listening to this, I think that's important, just like Bella said. We just, we, we had a, we had someone message us not that long ago, probably two or three weeks ago. They're like, hey, I need help. I told my mom that I was suffering from depression and suicidal thoughts. And she told me that I had no reason to be depressed because we were rich. We lived in a big house. We just got home from vacation, like you said. And she was like, you know, you have everything you need. Like, there's nothing to be upset about. I, I just, I can't imagine someone telling me that. Like, you know, you're basically looking at your child and being like, how you feel is not valid. And you shouldn't, you're not allowed to feel like that. Right. Um, I think that, like he, like you said, you can have anything in the world. You can have anything in the world. And, you know, if, if your chemicals are unbalanced, you're they're unhappy. Balanced. You're yes. unhappy. You know, you can't. So that's, that's a really big thing because we actually hear that a lot more. And you're not talking about, like, look... I bought you these four hundred dollars shoes, and the, and the kid being like, "But I wanted the the other four hundred. You're no, not you're talking not. about I'm that. Not. You're talking about no. real. Right. Not I need you. I need you. I'm not people understand out there. You can't care about us. Yeah, I bought you a car. I'm reaching out for help, and you're looking at my wants. I'm reaching out to you because I need you. Right. I'm not looking at what I want from you. I'm not looking at what you've given me. I'm reaching out to you because I need you right now. Well, and I also, I also think that, you know, to me, I think. As a parent, I am tired of seeing tragedies with kids happen because somebody didn't step up. And I think that whether you're a friend, whether you're a parent, you know, it, if you are a, a close knit with somebody and you see this happening, go to their parent. Because I'm going to tell you, it could be to a point to where I'm not going to allow it up to her anymore. You know, because it, it, it came to a point to where if, if, Dev could have gotten much worse, then it might not have been up to her. I'm like, right. no, we're doing this. So, so think, also, you know, you want to give that person, you know, don't let somebody fall further and further into far. despair because you don't want to reach out yeah, and help them. That, yeah. that is what happened to me, though. When I was at my deepest and darkest, I told who I thought was my closest friends. I opened up to so many people because I wanted someone to tell because I was too embarrassed to go to my parents. I, I, I didn't want them to feel blame, blame or be embarrassed or be sad. I opened up to so many people hoping that someone would say, this. she needs help, and I never got it, except for my English teacher who saw me for what was really happening. But, 
you know, my message to dismissive parents is um, if you already know that you are a parent that is dismissive or whatever, you know that you place blame or whatever, if your child comes to you about mental health, that should be an answer for yourself that you need to step up and provide your child with the care that they need because from someone who went through it, it is so hard to come to your parent about something. So when they do, listen, it's rock bottom and you need to do something. And I also, and this is another thing, parents, you need to tell your kids right now that if a friend of theirs tells him this, don't use it against them. Don't, don't hurt somebody that's supposed to be their friend. So we all need to be raising our children to be better stewards of friendship to where to where you don't have who you told, who you told, who Dev told, to where it's like, ah, guess what so-and-so told me? And now it's a text thread for Mean Girls. So we, as parents, we all need to raise our kids better to be better people, mm-hmm. to where when somebody comes out on that ledge and asks you that you don't push them. Mm-mm. And that's, to me, I think that, mm-hmm. that that's... Um, I think that to me, that is the big thing is because, and I think that's when things go from where y'all were to tragedy because they didn't have a parent. They didn't have, and they just got to a point where they were tired of telling people. And I, and that's as a, I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of seeing it in our community and other communities. So it's, I think that this has to be a complete mentality shift among parents, among friends, because this is something that I should tell my young children and and their friends to prepare them to be the conduit when somebody needs help. Because Devin could have easily been one of those friends that that Susie was coming to. So I, I need to have conversations with, even though you think you're strong children about mental health, because if you tell that now, they could be the one that next week somebody comes to them and now they're like, hey, mom, I need you to talk. You might want to go call Mrs. Smith because Susie told me some stuff the other day right. that that is really, really scares me and that your kids don't use it to hurt them, right. but, but you use it to reach out. And, and I, yeah. Just as much as friends, I would say bystanders too. You know, recognizing what's going on around you, recognizing what place you're in, recognizing what you say to people and who you say it to. You know, you never know what someone's going through. Wanna, and that's a huge message. No, you're good. I want to I want to come back real quick before cuz we got a little bit I think we probably got like another 15 minutes. Uh, I want to go back to the Eureka moment. You said we were talking about people going through the same thing that you were going through that you didn't know because y'all didn't talk. Yeah, I you we, said, we were talking earlier, and somebody said, that, you know, you, you'll, you'll be talking to some friends, and all of a sudden, the friend's like, oh, my, oh well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going through the same so, thing. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think a lot of times when, like, kind of like you guys were saying earlier, someone, you know, maybe, maybe you go to someone about help, for help and about what you're going through, and if they're the kind of peop- the per- like person who's going to throw that around to put you down, my best guess is that they're going through it and they, they're just too scared to tell someone. So now they want to make you the center of attention because they don't want anyone to see what they're going through. Mm. And I think we deal with that a lot. That's a huge In thing. high school, I think we deal with that a lot. I think that people are insecure about themselves, and nobody wants rumors going around about them. 
So if, if someone hears a rumor, oh, well, Madeline, she's, she's out of school because she's got anxiety. We're going to pass that around because it takes the attention off of us. Because right. I'm still in school. Because right. and, and I I'm think she's worse. I'm bad, but she's worse than me because she's got to stay home. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. And I, I never went in the bathroom and broke down. Right. Exactly. And I think I could, that but she I did it. Nobody together. saw her. Right. Yeah. And I think that that I think that that's huge. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. And I think that my big my biggest message to high schoolers, middle schoolers, anyone would be like, if someone comes to you about something. Go home, tell your mom, and get your your parent to do something about it. If you feel like you can't help, get your parent to do something because someone who reaches out for help needs help. People who, you know, it takes people, like, like she was saying earlier, it takes people a lot of, of time, of courage to be like, hey, I need help. I, I'm going through something, I need help. So if anyone, if you ever hear that, like from a friend, maybe it's just a classmate, tell someone. Because that, like, telling someone, talking about it, communicating that someone else has said this could save a life. Or especially go, go, to them, go to them and say, look, I, you know, I don't know you very well, but I was kind of there. And here's, when I talked to my mom and dad, this is what kind of sparked it. Right. Now, to me, I think that it's just like, to me, I think there's going to, what's going to be the difference is people like y'all young ladies. Because... One of the reasons that people don't want to talk about it is because they think there's no way for me to turn it around. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't want to tell people because this is just who I'm doomed to be. Right. Now, Devin is, you know, and I, like I said, I'm not, she's 20. She has her life, but her and I communicate now better than we ever had. And to me, the best thing is for people to see success stories that, look, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm better than I was. And, mm-hmm. and it's, to me... The, the young ladies and the, and the youth that will step up and say, I was in a bad, bad place. Now I'm in a better place. But I also know I'm getting better and going to be in a phenomenal place. Well, right. I think it's even harder now, too, because when you got social media, you have way more people out there that do not care about your, your well-being. You have more people that don't care than you do that do care. Right. But the so good when side you start is... Looking, yeah, but when you start looking at, you know, a lot of kids, they're like, I need to get my my self-gratification from what social media tells me. You know what I mean? Let me put this picture on here. Right. Let me put that picture on. Now, you can go in there thinking, man, I'm going to get some people say, man, that's a good outfit. That's not what's right. going to happen. But by that's, your, it's gonna by be like, your look vulnerabilities. Right. Look at this. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you're taking that into consideration. Like, these people know you. Right. But and they don't know you. Nope. But your vulnerabilities, there might be people that you've helped that don't reach out to you, right. that oh. don't message you, and that are like, right. Mom, I need you to watch this. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. there's, to me... Not being afraid to share your vulnerabilities is what is going to stop these kids hurting themselves. I firmly believe that. It is success stories, and it is doing it along the journey. Mm -hmm. Because if all you do is step up and say, I made it, they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. what what good does that do? Piggybacking off of that, um, I do want to share this on here. I was a little hesitant about it first, but... The whole reason why, you know, me and Madeline started this page was an incident that happened at a volleyball game that I was at. Each student sections, kids are mean, and I was actually chanted at about my eating disorder in front of the whole gym. During her volleyball game. And, you know, I played through it. My sister, they did the same thing to my sister the previous year, so it was already hard coming in there. And, you know, I had gotten to the point where I had made myself vulnerable 
and I was in the path of getting help, and I had people use that against me. I'd probably still be in jail. I'm surprised John Black isn't in jail. <laughs> I, I would have gone for him had I been in jail. Right, and you know, him. it's hard, and there that week after that game was probably the, the most I've ever struggled with scary thoughts, and... You know, because I, I said, I, I've reached out for help. I, you know, I've tried to do things to better myself. And I just got humiliated in front of a gym of two whole high schools, everyone's parents, everyone's grandmas, coaches, you know, refs, players, people that know my family that might not know that I was struggling with that. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did anyone do anything? What do you mean? That like. Step Did anyone up. step oh, up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. It, that's Because I think that's, that's paramount. I had, I had when a you lot see of something, apologies. you do some. Okay. A lot of apologies. Um, I, you know, after that first week, I ended up having a, you know, huge community behind me. And that's actually why me and Madeline started the page. We started it that's a couple what, days after. A couple days after that game because she said, you know what? They might have used that against you. I said, but she said, you sharing your story and you playing through that game and you showing people that, yes, you might be going through that, but you're healing and you're doing what you need to do to get through that can change lives. And so we started that page knowing, knowing we would get judged, knowing we would get looked at, knowing that we were making ourselves more vulnerable than we ever have before. And to me, that is a microcosm of where we are as a society on mental health. Yep. Because there is an entire student section that felt that their parents would be fine with them doing that and them doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, to me... Athletic directors that I, were fine with that. I would, like, like I would be... That's more of a conversation he and I are going to when y'all yeah. are here. I would have been, like, <laughs> I would have been... will fight right here. I would have been more... I would have been more... Motivated. Drop my mic. And I'm gonna, <laughs> mic I drop, my mic drop. A little, a little early for it, now. That's all right. Everybody turn your radio down for the next few yeah, minutes. Yeah, just hold she on one second. Because super spaz is tearing stuff up. <laughs> she broke Mike it. dropped, actually. So, okay. right. Yeah, it's getting right. serious, guys. Right. All right. So, but, and, and like I said, we, we're going to and we're gonna do one where Brad and I, and it will be it will be ripping and holding some people accountable yeah. for not doing stuff about crap like that. You can but, sit in on it. But you also it. have to look that you're, you're you, you won't know until later on. But and it sucks that that happened. But I am eternally grateful that it happened to somebody as strong as you, instead of somebody that this could have been the thing that they went home and that was it. Right. right. Because now what? What does that do? So you know there is that lesson in it. Shouldn't have had to have been learned. And you know if it would have been someone else, they right. could have got, they could have gone home and done something yeah. they very much have regret. And you know I, looking back on it now. I'm grateful that everything that has happened to me has happened to me because, you know, something that me and Madeline, we became friends like really close in ninth grade. So we got really close through everything. We like, we know every little inch about each other, but something that we struggled with was for a while is why, why us, you know, why, why do, why did I have to be the center of attention about something that was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. And, you know, and looking back on it now, like, we have started, like, we are changing the community, and that's just, like, it, like you know, it, like, fills my heart. Like, it, I, like, I have chills right now just because, like, you know, it's worth it. It's worth healing, and it's worth pushing through, and it's worth coming out on the other side. And, We're going to have to do a part two. And, Not well, tonight, and, but eventually. Y'all going to have to come back home because I got so much more to talk about. And to me, though, I, this is something that, like with Devin, 
I she has more grace and 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 strength and and I become more impressed with Devin every single day because of the woman she's becoming. And and it was because she, you know, and it you know, it, I, I still there's certain parts about that that are um are difficult because it doesn't matter where they are now. You just felt like, like I have never felt so small and like more of a failure as a person because I've, I dedicated myself to my kids. Like every single moment they were never neglected and it was never a situation to where I was like, dang, did I cause this? You know, but still having, knowing that I was devastated and not one time did I ever look at her and go, what's wrong with you? Nothing. And and right. I think that, you know, and it will be people like y'all, not us, but it will be people like y'all that will do what you're doing now and turn the tide on this. But right. every single person should should start to look at it like, you know, if we don't do anything about it, is it okay if it's your kid? Is it right. okay if it's your niece, nephew, yeah. whatever it is? Oh, it's okay because it's not my kid. That's right. right. But the problem is... It, it's it might be your kid. It might be. They could be the volcano. It could be your kid in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Or or the next week. And you could be the one that, that is befallen the most tragic thing that you've ever seen or heard. Right. And so nobody's nobody is immune from this. Nobody. No. no. So and I think that you know, and, and a buddy of mine, one of the things he wrote a book recently about PTSD and, and he stopped calling it PTSD and he calls it PTSI. Because when you have something like that, it's an injury. And guess what you can do? You can recover from an injury. You know, when you have something strong that happens to you, now you're not as attached with the stigma of, I've got a disorder. And that's what people have got to start realizing. If I've got to take medicine and this and this, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally ill. That's not what it is. You, you have something that you're not equipped to deal with. So let people that are equipped to deal with it bring you through it. You know, and that's the thing. You know, asking for help is not weak. It's not. It's so, not at all. If anything, it makes you stronger than anyone else. I agree. I, I, the strength that Devin has now, I think that she is so equipped to deal sure. with things. And, you know, and, and I, I've seen some people that are heroes and this and this from my time. But I will tell you, I have probably never seen three more heroic human beings than three women, young ladies, that will do what you're doing. And to put yourself out there, be damned about what anybody says. I don't care what what anybody else does. I don't think that there's anything more significant that somebody can do than what y'all are doing. And I'll piggyback on that as a dad. Like, as an older adult, 44-year-old, I got kids. It's pretty cool to see, like, young ladies like y'all that if y'all provide an outlet to where if there's something that we can't do, like, I got hope that there's other people out there like y'all. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't. We don't know how to handle it, but we can say, "Hey, man, I, I saw this little little uh, thing on Instagram, man. You, you know, you're on Instagram. Why don't you go on here and check this right. out and just see? You know what yeah. I mean? So, so, real, so y'all give me hope. Real. Right. While you're on that, let's talk about where everybody. Man, in what here you can had something reached. to say, real quick. Oh, I was just. I thought I was just going to say my closing statement is. Um, <laughs> I, I thought we were closing it up, man. I was going to end with like. Man, it was supposed to be deep. Y'all ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, if anyone comes to you and says anything, coming from someone who snitched on me, basically, about my mental health, I had a lot of hate in my heart, but I have so much love for them because they saved me. So if you are scared of hurting a relationship or a friendship over 
a snitch, don't be, because you could be saving that person's and please, life. They will love you for it After. later. Exactly. They will love you for it later. They're so blindsided by it now, but you know, you're living proof of it that you, I love you can never be right. <laughs> that you could never be grateful enough for someone. So who let's let's talk about you. your handles. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about how everybody can get with all three of you. Um, okay, so our Instagram is just it's your mental health is a priority. That's what we are on Instagram. TikTok as well. TikTok as well. We don't we tr- we try to post TikToks. Not much we can You've do on lacking. TikTok. Um, but we do have a support group on Facebook. If you it, it's it's called your mental health is a support is a priority support group. That's all it is. Everything's the same name. <laughs> everything is the same name. You can find us everywhere. We have Twitter. We have everything. Um, you can find us everywhere with just your mental both health is a priority. Our, um, both of our personal Instagram handles are in that bio. You know, we have people reach out to us on the mental health account. Me and Madeline both get them. We have people reach out to us on our personal. So, you know, whatever. Either one. It, I mean, it's you fine. know, it's just our names. Our and regular go, go on that site and check out that shirt because tomorrow needs you. That That's what I wanted. We'll talk, I, well, maybe we'll have to talk about that next time because that gives me cold chills. Well, we can like still it. do it. Yeah, me too. Devin, yours to is still my dad's awesome. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. No, I'm not really on social media that much. I don't really... Uh, but my phone number is no eight. no 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 what do you, what oh no I mean that's up to you you want to put number it out? put it yeah go ahead yeah. uh just star six seven um eight zero three two zero seven nine two four three and that way you can be completely anonymous because I won't know who you are so lay it all out or she'll think you're spam so go ahead by yeah that is <laughs> leave, <well>. a <laughs> leave, leave a message leave a message to the beat <laughs> talk about the shirt. <laughs> Yeah, the shirt, it, it, it's, it was, the shirt is a personal thing. We're not going to talk about why the shirt, but I do think with the shirt, um, the benefits of going in person in that shirt will benefit some local things that we'll talk about later. Um, it's a positive thing, but number one, I like the small, just simplistic you know, design of the shirt. But when I saw that the other day that said, in quotations, tomorrow needs you, like I can't get over that. I can't. I have yet, ever since I saw it, to be able to just, like, really, that's so, that whole statement is so impactful. And, you know, the amount of times me and Madeline have FaceTimed in this past week and have just been so emotional and overwhelmed in the best way possible about just seeing our community come together and, you know, us having having that impact on the community that we have strived for since we've started this page. And, you know, it gets us, it's like, it gets me so emotional just because, like, it gives me chills. Like, just to see everyone just, like, come together, it's just awesome. And just to see how big of an impact it has on people, like, it just really feels like, you know, we're doing our part out of a situation that can. And as a, as a parent, I know that you can, you can inadvertently put up barriers because of, if you don't have some vulnerability as a parent, your, your children will be scared to tap into that. And I, you know, and it was never, what was the, the, the first couple movies? One was the fireproof movie, and then what was the one with about the police officer? Oh, God. I don't want to talk about the firemen because they're, it's a I joke. thought we were talking about Letters to God. No, it's the one about the, the fireproof people made it, but it was about the police officer that lost his daughter. You remember what oh, I'm talking yes, about? Oh, yes, I know what you're talking yeah, about, but so, I don't know the name of it. So we were watching that, and I, I can't remember, Devin, you were probably, what, middle school maybe yeah, around there? Yeah, middle school. And so we're watching it, and it, and this he lost his daughter, so I got somewhat emotional. He cried. I, I, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I had some, there was something, there was some dust. Okay, 
side note, mind you, this man had me convinced my entire life up to this point that he had his tear ducts removed. At like Paris I, Island. at Parasol, I, I believe this my entire life. So imagine how detrimental that was to see so my father cry. So here's, the, so we're watching the movie. <laughs> we're watching the movie, and I and I start getting a little emotional and cries. Devin turns, Devin turns, and she touches my cheeks, and she's like, "Dad, are you okay?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She said, "You can cry." And I just for a second said. Damn, this girl never seen me cry. I've, I've never <laughs> seen my father like cry. 12 or 13 years. Point, yes. 12 or 13. So, <laughs> but she saw me a lot that week. She saw me a lot, and she's seen me a lot since. So, yeah. But and that's what, what we need, as right? And parents I and, and like I said, and I, I never did it like out of a an over macho thing. I just never really right. around her saw that kind of situation. But we as parents can turn our kids off inadvertently if we act. Like we don't have time for, or them. act or we, like you're okay all the if time. If we act, exactly. if we can't share our own vulnerabilities with our children, then they can surely not share theirs with ours. Exactly. So if your children can't see you in a moment of weakness, how can they trust you to to be there for their weakness? And yeah. I think that that is the absolute number one thing parents can do is realize: stop lying to your kid about your own mental health problems and act like they're going to judge you because they're sitting there dying for help and if you say it that can be the light bulb that makes them go mom I need to talk to you for a second so don't hide these things from your children about your own struggles and I and parents aren't mind readers yeah parents and that's the thing I think one of those I understand the concept behind the whole like I have to be strong for my kid or I something bad happens in your life and you're like well I have to be strong for my family no you don't your family is your family, and if you are an adult and you have younger, you know, people that are looking up to you in your life, just in a moment where you feel like you are upset about something or something happens and you just need to let it out, just let it out, you know, because your children or, you know, your grandchildren, whoever it is, if they see you in a moment or of, or your children's friends, if they see you in a moment of like, you know, vulnerability and they're, they're going to, they're going to latch onto that and they're going to know that it's okay because okay. my parent is not okay. That means it's okay for me to not be okay. So it's just really, it's like setting an example. I yeah, will we'll tell talk you, about that. Yeah. I will tell you that I have in my profession have guarded presidents, senators, oh, wow. future presidents, celebrities, Grammy. And I, I will tell you, and this is a God's honest truth, I have never been in a room with three people that I'm more impressed with than I am right now. And, I, and I'm and i not Same. just saying that. I, I mean, I have really, my admiration for y'all has no limits. You can't understand. Because I know that there is a kid that's going to be here tomorrow because y'all have made them see it was worth it. And I think that down the road, I don't give a damn what somebody does or how much money they make or what they do. If you can't help somebody behind you or beside you, then it don't matter. It doesn't. And, and I think that I, I, I hope, I'm one of those people that hopes mm-hmm. that y'all, for the righteous reasons, help and reach people and turn lives around because your hearts are sincere, you're in the right place, and I, I think that your testimony, the three of y'all, is like nothing I've ever yeah. seen. Well, first... Thank you guys. That means more than you guys know. And yeah. thank you guys for having us on here. This ain't your last time. Oh, yeah, cool? we're are excited. We want to come back. Did we sign a contract deal? Is there money involved? He was talking to them. Oh, yeah. He was talking to them. Well, I'm going to just show up anyways. We'll move it. No, I do. I know where y'all at now. She can't find it. I couldn't actually for the first five hours. I was like, where am I? No, I do want to have another 
I do want to do another one and get y'all on to talk about because I, I do think there's tons of stuff that we still have not even touched. Oh on. yeah, oh, it's yeah. a and, uh, it's a it's a conversation that could go on forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's gonna. I go gotta on play, I gotta play producer <laughs> now because we are on time limits as far as what we can um, what we can upload, <laughs> which is why I'm telling you. Like we're doing a part two one. soon. Okay, yeah, yeah there will be a part two. We'll get a new mic. Tony, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get. Well, we got. I'm worth more than this, guys. Once we get permanent, we got the the mic stands and the arms yeah. and all that. But we we'll, just ain't doing all we'll that. We do one with concrete for Devin. <laughs> with concrete. <laughs> duct tape it to the table. Yeah, we'll duct tape it. <laughs> Tony, I appreciate it. Uh, here Thank we go. Y'all. Carolina Motor Works Gear Symbol. I appreciate it. Hospitality and heating and air. Uh, thanks for everything you do. I'll be by there to see you this week, Lisa. Uh, Haven Miller State Farm, Spikes Fresh Pork Skins, Boiled Peanuts. Go and give Kyle Dills a listen, please. Yeah, give Kyle Dills a listen. And everybody that uh, listened to a couple of podcasts before, this weekend is the weekend coming up for uh, the rodeo out there at Hayden right. Tedder. Y'all come out there and check that out see some bull riding. I appreciate it, ladies. Thanks. Devin, thanks. Mom, Thank thanks you. for coming. Next time you need a mic, because I know you got a lot to say, too. I saw you over there jumping <laughs> over there. We, we will, through y'all and other things, we will do one on parents. Yep. Yeah. With yes. parents. Yep. Yes. Tony, I love you, man. Love you, boy. Bye.